Let us pray together. Loving God, amidst our hallelujahs, we gather here that you might plant a good word in us, that you might water it and give it the sunshine of your love, that together we might tend these words of grace and let them grow, that we may take good news with us wherever we go. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer, amen. It is good to see all of you here this morning. This is my first Easter in the United Parish, and it is a delight to be with all of you. We have had a good Lent and a good Holy Week, and now we are setting off on what is known as the Great 50 Days of Easter, which I hope will be an adventure for all of us. If this is your first time here or you're an infrequent visitor, we invite you to come again and often. We will always welcome seeing you. If you have children this morning, we are glad that they are here with us in worship. If you need to move about with them or want a rocking chair, we have some. Do whatever you need to feel comfortable. I have a bit of news to share with you this morning, something that is important and pressing. It's interesting when we hear that we have some news to hear. We tend to go to an anxiety place that maybe it's some bad news or maybe it's some news we don't want to hear. It is some news that is important for us to hear, important for us to remember, to think about. We try to give the news each week in our announcements and we put them all over our website and yet we often don't pay attention to the news. We often don't hear it. We get questions Oh, is that meeting still happening? Yes, we announced it three times. <laughs> is the Strawberry Festival happening? Yes, June 7th on our front lawn. All are welcome. It is a bit of news which actually our resurrection sound system kind of played games with us to hear it. It's the news that sometime this morning before dawn, Jesus of Nazareth was raised from the dead. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came running in to tell us about it, and it seemed incredible and hard to believe. These things don't happen. At least, I don't know anyone who has seen these things happen. And as we continue to tell this story, we continue to wonder about it. Those of us who are scientifically inclined, who may be biologists or doctors, we know that this story couldn't possibly have happened. I mean, this just doesn't Happen. Someone doesn't lay dead for three days and then come back to life. Now, they might be on the table with life support for weeks at a time, as Dr. Eben Alexander, who used to work down the road and wrote a best-selling book about his experience of that, who said he had an experience of heaven. But as you may also know, people tried to discredit Dr. Alexander with a full-page expose in Esquire magazine. These things don't happen. Or those of us who stay clearly in the rational side of the world, which is where most of us live, with facts and figures, or if we happen to be in the legal establishment, we know that this just doesn't line up. Read all four accounts. They don't agree. You ask some basic questions. Now, who was there? Well, one says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Can't remember their name. That's what we heard this morning. Another says Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James. And then another says Mary and 
Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and another says Mary and Mary Magdalene and Salome. You would think they would line it up before they would publish it. And even the time of day and what they experienced and how many angels. You see, this story was never meant for the laboratory, and it was never meant for the courthouse. It was meant for you and me as some good news about how God works in the world. Because people seem to have forgotten at one time, and we forget all the time, how God works in the world. God is someone who wants to bring life again and again to us, even despite our best efforts to put it down. And that's what the rolled away stone and the open tomb mean for us. So I wanted to bring you this news today that sometime before dawn, Jesus of Nazareth was raised from the dead. There was also an earthquake, and if you're on your cell phone right now, you probably won't find word of it, which makes us question whether it actually existed. But there was an earthquake that shook people's expectations. There were people who were dazzling white. Some people, some Romans, colluded with some other folks to make up a story that the disciples stole that body and took it away. I don't know. But I just want to bring you this news because I think it's important for us to hold on to. If you ask any rabbi, they will tell you that this is not hard to believe. The same God of Elijah and Elisha would raise his own son from the dead. This is not a hard story for a rabbi to believe. Anyone who has studied scriptures know that the point of scripture is to tease our imaginations into what is possible. Now, how many of you were here on Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, or somewhere in church on those days? Great. As you know, we tried to walk through that journey of Holy Week, and I say it because it's an important thing for us to think about before we get to Easter. This morning, a friend of mine had a devotional in the UCC website saying that you can't have Easter light without darkness. And on Thursday and Friday, we tried to recreate some of that darkness. These, of course, are the times when we remember Jesus' last moments with his disciples. And so we did, as has been the tradition in this congregation, bring a huge communion table up here, and we set out the meal with matzah and some grape juice. We had an image on the cover of our order of worship that looked somewhat, somewhat between a Passover Seder and a Hanukkah Seder. It had a big menorah on it but we tried to give a sense of the inclusiveness and the intergenerational and the uh, multi-gendered role that that meal might have had actually at that time. And we came up around this table in groups of eight to 12 people, sometimes even larger, to try to get a sense of that intimacy of what it was like to share that meal. And we gave it to each other individually and looked each other in the eye because that's what that meal was probably like, just like a good Passover Seder is about looking people in the eye and telling the story. We sang some old hymns, Just As I Am, and In the Garden, and Near My God to Thee, so that we might be refreshed with some of that old feeling that we've had in other churches. And then, after we had done that and passed the peace of Christ, things took a turn for the worse. Judas accepted the 30 coins of silver, and betrayed his friend and savior. Peter, despite what he said he was going to do, denied Jesus three times in the garden. Even the little servant girl there said that his Galilean accent gave him away. 
but he denied Jesus, just like you or I might deny Jesus. I'll confess that sometimes when I get on a plane and I have a Christian book in my lap, I don't want the person next to me to see it for fear of what they might think. You probably know that feeling too. I don't want them to make too many assumptions about what kind of Christian I might be. And then the disciples scattered and fled, and to try to emphasize the point, we stripped the altar. We took away all the paraments, all the, the material up there, which was a beautiful purple for Lent. I even stood up on the altar, which was quite a sight to see, I'm sure, and stripped away the clothing that was behind there. And we took away the Bible and the candles, and we put a big shroud of black, just to emphasize the point, and we put what someone kindly told me was a cross dress on the cross, all in black. It was a way, it was a little bit of liturgical theater to try to get us into the moment of what it might have been like on that Monday, Thursday long ago. Then we went even a little further on Friday night, and we told the seven last words of Jesus on the cross when he forgave the guys next to him and said, I'll see you in heaven. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which many of us may feel at times, if we've ever believed in God, that sometimes God may leave us quietly on our own. We said all this. We even asked one of our brave young moms to read the scripture about when Mary was at the foot of the cross, watching her son suffer and die. And this mother wonderfully shared with us her feelings about that moment just in her reading. And then even to underscore it, we sang, the choir sang beautifully, the Magnificat, the words that Mary said when she got pregnant with Jesus. And then, get this, as there was only one candle left in the whole sanctuary, we sang Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, and we put out the last light. Because as you saw in our call to worship, this life of Jesus on earth, God with us, had a beginning and had an end, and they mirror each other, just as our own births and deaths mirror each other. We did this to maybe try to bring a little liturgical theater. There was even a great moment in which the song got pitched a little high, and our wonderful singer sang that great old spiritual, Were You There, higher than intended, and he bravely sang it beautifully, but just with a little more anguish <laughs> for us to feel what was going on. We did all that because... We often know that to come to the light of Resurrection Day, sometimes all of us go through some suffering. Some of us have to go through the valley of dry bones. Some of us have to know what it's like to struggle. I was going to get up here today and talk to you about how this means that life continues on, but I have a theologian in my house who I consulted with, Years ago, a spiritual director, I, I shared with a spiritual director something that my partner Robert had told me, and my spiritual director said, that was God speaking through him. I never should have told Robert that. <laughs> because now he will say that to me, God speaking. 
I have an oracle in my household who shared with me as we were discussing this text and Easter Day what it meant to him. He said I could share it with you. He's the real theologian in the household. And he said that Jesus, knowing that he was going to suffer through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, knowing that probably early on in his life, went ahead and did it anyway. He taught the lesson of love. He served the 5,000. He healed people who were blind, literally and figuratively. He did miracles, some of which we believe and some of which we just wonder about. He took people by the hand and told them that all was possible. He welcomed prostitutes and tax collectors and Gentiles and sinners. And then when he was betrayed by his own church and by the government, he continued on walking that pathway. And you and I are still here today telling the story, as are millions of people all over the world. You can strip away the doctrine or the theology or whatever bad religion you've gotten along the way, but the truth of the matter is Jesus came to tell us that we are here to love and to live abundantly. And I happen to believe that if we took that seriously, we would end homelessness. I believe if we took that seriously, we would embrace things that have happened like the abolition of slavery and the civil rights movement and overcoming fascism and realize that the human race has it in, in ourselves to bring peace to the Middle East, to end terrorism, to enable people to really listen to one another, to end domestic violence, to provide safe spaces for people wherever they go. See, I believe that when these things happen, God says a hurrah and says they finally got it. This is what resurrection is about. To roll away the stone and to step out with confidence and courage and with love. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary left that spot with fear and great joy but they also showed courage and great love. And you and I are called to do the same thing. Because you see this morning, just before dawn, God raised Jesus of Nazareth. And if we're willing to take it more than just literally, and more than just metaphorically, but actually live it with our lives, it can make a difference. Amen.